0: Presented by RomulusIT.com, offering remote support for common computer problems. Landry.audio, listen, like, and subscribe. Today, we're speaking with Canadian Member of Parliament, Pierre Polyev, who will be our cover story in the next edition of the Canadian Business Quarterly, uh, a link for which can be found in the description of this video. Very shortly, Canadians will go to the polls in a federal election to determine whether or not Prime Minister Justin Trudeau will be granted a government for a third term. Uh, Mr. Polyev has been good enough to give us some time and discuss his position as a Conservative MP and take us through the record of the Trudeau government. Uh, So, Pierre, as I, I mentioned, this will be of particular interest to Canadians across the country, Uh, but we also have a large audience of international listeners as well. With that in mind, I'll ask you to provide some context on the questions I'm going to ask uh, to help others who may not be too familiar with the uh, current Canadian political landscape. What I'd like to do today or tonight in your time is look at the record of Trudeau since he's come to power and some of these scandals. I, I can admit there are some positive uh, progressive bills uh, that I have uh, I thought have been quite good in a libertarian sense in some ways as well but when you begin to stack up this uh, record overall it's quite shocking what they've been able to get away with and what they've proposed and 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 that's why I've asked you to, to join us here tonight.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So look, I, I'm originally from Calgary as well. So can I just ask? Uh, it's a, it's an interesting chat of how you were from Calgary as well, but you've now find yourself in a, a riding over in Ottawa.
1: <clears throat> well, um, I think you have a French last name as well. I do, uh, yes. Laundry. Yeah, so do I. Which is both of uh, us would be kind of rare in Calgary, which is a um, not known for French speakers. But my father was one of them. He was born in a Saskatchewan French village named Leoville, and. Um, That's how I ended up with the name Pierre Polyev uh, uh, living in Calgary. My folks uh, came from Saskatchewan to Alberta in 1977. I was born in 79 and I took an interest in politics when I was about 16 years old because I suffered a a rotator cuff injury which um, ended my short-lived athletics career and left me extremely bored and in need of something to do. So my mother took me to a progressive conservative meeting and uh then I just became uh addicted to reading books about politics history economics etc and ended up uh with a political career um I moved to Ottawa in 2000 and roughly 2001 or 2 I don't remember which one it was and uh worked on the hill and then took uh, a shot at uh, parliament in the southwest Ottawa riding of Nepean Carlton and lo and behold won it and have been elected ever since
0: Fair enough. Um, I was thinking that that's a a really good place to start. There's a lot of contention currently in Western Canada between the West and the East and and the prairie provinces. And and over the last uh, few years, this has led to uh, another movement, which a lot of us recognize originally from Quebec, which is the Wexit uh, prairie movement. Do you want to just give us an overview of what's caused this motivation for an Alberta separatist movement?
1: Well, it's been the outright hypocrisy and frontal assault of the Trudeau government on Alberta's uh, way of life and it, on its uh, resource-based economy. You know, Trudeau has welcomed uh, hundreds of millions of barrels of foreign oil into Canada off the east coast of uh, the Atlantic. Um, you know, tanker after tanker shows up and uh, is delivered to the Irving refinery and. St. John New Brunswick or other refineries in Quebec Uh, and yet uh, Trudeau has killed two major pipelines that would have allowed Western Canadians to get their oil to market um, and uh, left the 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 province with a terrible discount on its oil. Western Canada Select is a blend of petroleum that is uh, uh, about 15 to 20 dollars per barrel cheaper than the world price uh, because we can't actually get our oil to world uh, markets, and they're stuck selling all of it to the United States. Literally 99% of all Canadian ex- oil exports go to the US because of Trudeau's effective blockade on the oil sands. And, and that has led unemployment to 8%. It has, It has; it is blowing a multi-billion dollar hole in governmental revenues and in the local economy. Uh, and so naturally Albertans are uh, wonder, you know, if their own national government is going to deliberately attack their economy while favor- favoring foreign oil uh, um, imports to Canada, then uh, you they they, they wonder well, what uh, future they have. And unfortunately, some people have turned to separatist movements that uh, I don't believe is justified, uh, even under the extremely unfair circumstances. But Uh, It is the result of uh, Trudeau's policies and his posture uh, towards the the Western Canadian economy. Now, the solution to this is quite clear, is to stop importing foreign oil and use our own and encourage the continued improvement in environmental standards in the Western Canadian oil sector so that uh, the resource can be harvested uh, responsibly, Uh, even as we move towards uh, a lower carbon global economy.
0: Mm. With Trudeau's record as well as being a progressive, I think you've touched on this. And what I find very fascinating um, is the fact that you talk about Albertans aren't being allowed to pull this out of the ground, but at the same time, we're importing oil from, um, I guess potentially how you would term it, less than desirable countries in the Middle East. Do you think that's kind of a, a, a bizarre hypocrisy
1: well, it is a hypocrisy. It's not bizarre for Trudeau. Um, he has shown uh, a great affection for dictatorships around the world. He praised Fidel Castro as a great revolutionary. He said that when asked what was his favorite government on planet Earth, he said that uh, the communist dictatorship in China was the model he most preferred. Um, and uh, so it's not surprising that he would favor foreign oil petro dictatorships uh, like that in Saudi Arabia or um, uh, Algeria or Venezuela over Canadian uh, oil and gas production.
0: Mm. You, uh, China's, I guess, a good way to segue through this. You, You had mentioned Trudeau's admiration for this. What do you believe is sort of the state of affairs between Canada and China now Um, and then the withholding of Canadian citizens? Uh, I believe they were the first country to be approached for COVID vaccines. Where does that sort of leave us and the relationship between the Trudeau government and China?
1: Well, I think it leaves uh, the uh, Politburo commissaries in Beijing rolling around on the ground laughing um, at how idiotic and naive uh, our government is. Of course, um, Trudeau, uh, he, first of all, they've got two of our citizens hostage, so we shouldn't be doing business with them, period, until they release our, our people. Uh, and in rather than taking a strong stand, Trudeau believed all of Beijing's lies about the early COVID pandemic. Uh, he actually attempted to sign a deal allowing um, for Canadians to buy the can Sino vaccine you imagine anyone wanting to put something in their veins that was made by the communist regime in China um and as a result of that deal we ended up missing out on signing on to get to, get to the front of the list for vaccines in uh, made by reputable western companies and uh, we then got our vaccines about 100 days late so the this sort of um and it doesn't stop. He, you know, he authorized military cooperation with the People's Liberation Army. Um, he uh, continues to uh, give a quarter billion Canadian tax dollars to the Asian Infrastructure Bank, which uh, is a China-controlled bank designed to reestablish establish the old uh, ancient Silk Road. Um, and he refuses to ban Huawei from Canada's 5G network, basically guaranteeing China would have uh, espionage access to our most precious communications. So um, basically, he's doing whatever they tell him to do, and putting our country at great long-term risk as a result.
0: Mm. Um, you had mentioned the the original lies of COVID with China. There's there seems to be alternative evidence coming out. It is and, and I don't want to get into any form of conspiracy theory, but, but do you believe, and I guess what you've seen, is there any evidence now, or, or is it truthful to sort of believe that, that COVID is lab-grown and was part of some sort of a, you know, international funding program by multiple nations?
1: Well, we don't know. We want answers to that, that very question. That's why we need a full forensic investigation into the origins of the uh, virus. Um, but we know that China lied about the very existence and severity of the virus at the outset, which uh, denied the world valuable time, response time we could have used to keep to contain its early spread. Uh, so um, we we know that the uh, the government in Beijing has lied before. We don't, uh, I, you know, I obviously haven't been able to conduct my own investigations. I'm, I am uh, merely a member of Parliament in Canada, but I think we do need an independent and rigorous investigation uh, with open access to all the evidence, including the Wuhan lab. Um, and, um, the, uh, let, let us get to this, the truth of the origins of the disease.
0: Mm. Uh, as, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm quite far removed now. I, I'm over in Australia, even though I am a Canadian citizen. Um, Trudeau generally seems to be quite popular. I and mean, a lot of people don't sort of read, um, you know, under the surface of, of, of what's been happening within Canada. One of the people that seems to have been directly affected by him, who's, who's rose to an immense level of popularity is, is Dr. Jordan Peterson, who everyone knows. Can you just give me, uh, I guess, take us back in time and explain to us some of these laws that Trudeau began to pass related to uh, things like free speech that really kicked off the fact that Dr. Peterson would not acknowledge. I think people, uh, and their gender preferences which which I believe ended up getting him fired from the University of Toronto which led to this extreme growth in, in his popularity and, and how that relates to Canadian uh, bills and laws at the moment
1: well um, first of all Trudeau is not that popular um, in the most the last election he only got 33 percent of the vote uh, so to say that he's a popular leader is uh, is just factually wrong, the media, he's very popular with the media, of course, because he's a liberal, but he's not popular with the general public. His approval ratings have been consistently very low, lower than modern day US presidents, for example. Um, And he's currently very unpopular again, I think he's running around 30% in the polls. So I mean, if you went around to the average uh, comparable democracy, and you said, you know, Joe Smith is really popular, he has a 30% approval rating, Um, most people would laugh and say, really, 30%, that's not much of an approval rating. Um, So I I think he's he's unpopular. He survived in the last election out of because he lucked out on the distribution of votes, got a lot of seats with very few votes. Um, And uh, so, and that's despite having near unanimous support by the press gallery. It's a pretty Mm -hmm. incredible achievement to be unpopular when all of the major media outlets are basically campaigning for you nonstop. Um, but he he's managed to do that. Um, uh, on the issue of free speech, um, Trudeau's most direct attack on free speech was a bill called C-10, which would give uh, the, the Canadian telecommunications regulator the power to control what uh, you see and say online. Uh, basically the, the pretext for the bill was that it would protect Canadian content, the, the fear uh, supposedly, is that Canadians will lose all identity if uh, they're not sort of force-fed, approved, uh, government-approved uh, content, um, and if they're just allowed to watch whatever they want on YouTube or um, listen to whatever they want on Spotify, for example. Um, so he he thought would basically would regulate and make sure that certain kinds of Canadian content would be promoted in the algorithm, and uh, certain other kinds of content would be banned altogether. Uh, And of course, this is censorship. Um, There's no other democracy in the world that does this. Um, There was a major backlash, uh, of which I was a part, and we were able to prevent the bill's passage. One liberal appointed senator said the bill was so bad it needed to have a stake driven through its heart. Uh, Again, this is not even a conservative. It's an author, an artist who was appointed to the Senate by the liberals worried that free speech would be Uh, Under attack. Now, there was a coalition of broadcasting corporations um, and um, entertainment lobbyists who backed it, of course, because it was going to give them uh, an advantage. And many of them produce garbage and wanted that garbage to be promoted by the state. Uh, and uh, that's why they were so anxious to see this bill pass. But the more nefarious reason was that Trudeau saw it as an, an, an opportunity to begin regulating what people get to see online uh, in order to ensure that they get more you know, left-wing liberal um, propaganda that is approved by the state and therefore promoted in uh, a regulatory uh, scheme that uh, gets to manipulate the algorithms. Um, so uh, we fought back, and uh, that is one of the big issues at stake in this election.
0: Mm. So uh, Bill C ten that you mentioned with that does that also tie in, or is that sort of separate to the uh, the changes that that were made to the Canadian Journalism Fund? Because that's what I remember of sort of uh, the government looking to fund pre approved uh, media outlets who would carry their message effectively.
1: Yeah, that, that is a similar issue. It's not. It wasn't. That wasn't part of C ten. That was part of an early uh, we liberal media um, bailout. Basically, the you know they said, the media is in trouble. Well, why is the media in trouble? Well, the cost of production and distribution of journalism has plummeted. Well, that doesn't sound like a problem. That sounds like a solution. All the old subsidies we used to give journalists was because the cost of production and distribution was really high and they needed help getting over that cost hurdle. Um, well, um, problem solved. Uh, the internet uh, and devices like the ones that we're speaking on today make it very cheap to develop journalism and to distribute it. But of course, what it, uh, the real concern is that that has low cost has led to more competition. And so they're trying to reverse the competitive phenomenon of the internet and go back to having a very small number of privileged journalistic voices dominating the debate. Um, and it kind of reminds me of, um, uh, Frederick Bastiat. Um, he was, uh, he was talking about the old, uh, dirigiste the controlled French economy where these, these small, uh, special interest groups were able to dominate particular sectors by effectively having the crown ban. Uh, certain people, banned people from entering those sectors. Um, and, you know, if there's too many butchers, then the butcher won't make enough profit, So let's limit the number of butchers you can have, uh, limit the number of bakers you can have and limit the number of uh, blacksmiths you can have. And then there'll be all there'll be just enough that uh, the, the favored few can make a profit. He said, Well, listen, I think we should go even further with this. Jokingly, he said, uh, I think we need to ban windows. Because if we ban windows, then we'll create more work for candle makers, Uh, because people will be dark all day long inside, they won't get any natural light, they'll have to buy more candles and we will ban the competition that the sun brings to the candle maker, and this is going to create wealth and jobs for candle makers everywhere. Um, and uh, so uh, he said it obviously jokingly, but it was to illustrate how silly is this idea of trying to shut out competition in order to profit a certain small, uh, uh, gilded few. Um, you know, we in free, uh, who believe in free markets believe that we should, you know, open the windows, let the little sunshine pour in, and uh, let everybody uh, have the fresh air of an, and a bright light of, a, of an open window uh, rather than. A, a protected oligarchy uh, of uh, that, that shuts uh, out the light and uh, closes off the air.
0: Fair enough. I I will move over to that in a second because I think there's probably a lot sure. to talk about the relations of that with SNC-Lavalin and, and some of the things there. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to that though, I, I also noticed that there's, there's Bill C36, which I believe is related to hate speech. That's separate. Does that tie in with that? How far have you seen this government sort of uh, push the idea that what an individual can say is up to the government and not that individual? Uh,
1: Very far. I mean, um, Trudeau is regularly warning that criticism of him will result in great danger to all of society. uh, And therefore he should have, uh, he and his minions in the state should have exceptional powers to control what uh, what individuals uh, say and see online. Uh, of course, that is uh, antithetical to a free and democratic society, but um, this is sort of a, the nature of socialism. Once you start controlling the economy, then you need to start controlling uh, people's speech and their politics as well, because people will not freely vote for their own impoverishment for very long. Uh, unless the state imposes it politically. And so you see him trying to erode basic democratic and uh, basic con- constitutional and democratic liberties in order to protect uh, his narrow uh, control and, and that of a uh, small uh, aristocracy of uh, woke uh, liberals mm-hmm. um, uh, at the expense of everyone else.
0: Uh, when you sort of view Canada in the lens against other Western nations, I guess like you know Australia, clearly America, Great Britain, England, etc., Singapore, and those sorts of countries, do you believe any other Western nation has has moved this barometer so far? Or Is this really the the mandate of Trudeau now in, in shutting down people's ability to speak freely?
1: Uh, to tell you the truth, I don't know. I I had hesitate to compare to comment on how the free speech debate is going in other countries because I'm not on the ground there.
0: Okay. Uh, so <gasps> as I said, we, we want to move that there, there the, are the some big scandals that, that pretty much for a lot of people, you know, over here fell under the radar. Most people um, that I speak with internationally and travelers kind of recognize the, um, the Justin Trudeau who smiles, goes on trips to India, uh, that sort of thing. So when we, uh, when we look at 2019 and, and SNC-Lavalin, and uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould, do you want to, I'm, I'm just going to open this up to you, because a lot of people over here are completely unfamiliar, uh, you know, with, with some of the big scandals that were familiar to Canadians.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, the, this one uh, for a so-called Volk prime minister is a real whopper, because let's, let's go to the origin of it. SNC-Lavalin was accused of stealing over $100 million from some of the poorest African people uh, in the world. Um, he, They were alleged to have bribed the Gaddafi family uh, with prostitutes, yachts and other benefits in order to to defraud the Libyan people uh, of hundred over $100 million. So you'd think that a woke, uh, anti-colonial, modern progressive would be outraged by a Western company stealing from poor African people. Um, Trudeau wasn't not only not outraged, but he saw he actually pressured his in, uh, Indigenous uh, um, Attorney General to have the charges um, dropped and a special agreement signed that would allow the company to avoid even pleading guilty. They pay a small fine, apologize, promise not to do it again. Um, she said, hell no, we live in a system of, of laws, uh, rule of law, not the law of rulers. They should face a prosecution and and let the legal process play itself out. So he fired her for that. And uh, here you have so you have this ultra woke liberal uh, leftist um, protecting a corporation that had stolen from the world's poor. And then when an indigenous woman stood up to him, he fired her. <laughs> you know, this all sort of runs a, 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 a diametric cross purposes to uh, the narrative we're told about these woke progressives. Um, and, and In the end, he claimed it was all about protecting jobs, that if the company were, were, were convicted, all these people would be out of work. Well, they were in the end convicted. They, they pled guilty and nobody lost their job. So it wasn't about protecting workers. It was about protecting a liberal-linked um, multinational corporation with a long-standing track record of corruption uh, from legal ac- accountability. Uh, and uh, he was found. Trudeau was personally found guilty by the ethics commissioner of um, advance improperly advancing a private interest uh, in the affair. Uh, but it really is it stands as a glowing example of his personal hypocrisy and utter moral moral failing that he ever ventured uh, down that road in the first place.
0: And I, I'm told that he was the first sitting prime minister ever to break federal conflict of interest rules. What does that even mean then, if, if there's uh, nothing to be reprimanded for in this?
1: Well, he was found guilty twice, actually, once in this case, and another time for accepting uh, uh, $250,000 worth of vacation gifts from someone with whom he had government business. So the, the Aga Khan uh, uh, was seeking a $15 million government grant from Trudeau, and he uh, offered Trudeau a, a quarter million dollars worth of private island vacations, uh, which Trudeau accepted and, and the Aga Khan's Foundation got the $15 million grant. Uh, so it's an, an incredible case of corruption. Um, in most cases, in most countries, it would have been prosecuted criminally. Um, you know, taking a, a quarter million dollar vacation from someone who's seeking a grant from you uh, is clearly uh, against the, the not only the law, but against the criminal code. He managed to avoid criminal charges, but was found guilty of breaking this, the the, the uh, ethics act.
0: And uh, I had also read, in addition to um, the SNC lavalin scandal, there have been other women that have been pushed out of the Trudeau government as well, despite him considering himself a, a
1: feminist. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you can go down the list. There's there's one case after another. I won't go into them all, but but um, what you see with this guy is that it's there's a lot of uh, glowing woke rhetoric and but when you see his personal conduct um it is it is always the exact opposite uh, he he uses um women and minorities uh, for his own political advantage but then ultimately be, engages in hostile uh p- political conduct towards them
0: mm. moving on i guess from, from scandals to scandal we have the we scandal and this is where um from far away watching on YouTube. This is where I have really seen you sort of come to light um, through, yeah. you know, the, these investigations. Do you want to tell people what this is? It, it's, mm-hmm. it's quite significant, and I guess their footprint within the charitable sector and, and how they mutually benefit from this.
1: Yeah, I mean, the scandal there was that Trudeau Trudeau's family suddenly started getting these speaking fees from the WE charity uh, soon after he became liberal leader, and uh, the WE Charity is the sort of, I don't know if anyone might not have followed them. They're sort of this pop culture charity. They hold these evangelistic uh, youth gatherings with you know thousands of screaming kids and celebrities. And um, there's a lot of you know, change the world uh, rhetoric. And uh, there's been a lot of scrutiny about what they actually do, what good they actually produce with the millions of dollars they raise. And this scrutiny led to to Justin Trudeau's family because they had paid his, his, his mother and his brother and his wife, a total of a half a million dollars for speaking fees and travel expenses. And uh, Trudeau then approved a half billion dollar grant to the organization to run a program uh, for paid volunteership. So, he, 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 you know, obviously, it's an oxymoron. Volunteers don't get paid. <laughs> Volunteers don't get paid. They volunteer. Um, and so the, when you heard the program, people heard about the program. They're just like, first of all, how does this even make sense? And then we found out that the WE Charity was, had, had gotten a sole source contract to run it for the half billion dollars. And then after that, we found out that the Trudeau family had been paid by that organization a half million dollars so they the trudeau family got a half million from we and the we organization got a half billion from trudeau's government um so it's like a big self-licking ice cream cone um and um anyway so he gets caught the the whole program is canceled trudeau says uh oh, shucks i you know i really should have uh, uh no i should not have been involved in the decision to grant this money but i didn't do anything wrong his finance minister was forced to resign over it because his involvement, the finance minister had two major trips fund, funded by the WE charity uh, to, I think it was uh, to Kenya and um, El Salvador or Ecuador. And then then he got involved in giving them a grant. So he had to resign and was found guilty of breaking the law. So, you know, we just have these seedy cases of, of corruption that have engulfed the Trudeau government again and again. Mm.
0: now I, I know it's quite late over there for you so i don't want to keep you too much longer um you, one of the other areas that i've seen you speak quite passionately about is is the area of business small business and allowing people really to get on with their lives and, and try to create some wealth for for themselves before we get into small business i, I remember uh I had read maybe a year or two ago as well that there was another bill that the liberals were looking at passing that had to do with environmental legislation in the face of new business. And it was something along the right. lines of if you were out to go create some virtually anyone with um, any, any idea of saying that this might have some sort of environmental, environmental impact could uh, stall or kill your project or your business dead before it went through. The, the process. Can you take me through that? And it sounds detrimental to the ability for someone to uh, try, try to create wealth or business for themselves.
1: Well, everybody agrees with environmental protection, um, but, uh, and, and there are cases where governments have to say, no, you can't go ahead with this this particular project. If, if it is too, if it's the, the cost of the environment is uh, not worth the benefit of the economy. Uh, but there's no reason that it should take seven years or 10 years to get an answer to that question Hmm. Um, other countries can turn around answers in less than one year what does that mean it means that money goes where it can get to work quickly Um, and uh, here in Canada we've become one of the slowest places on earth in which to get anything done we're ranked 36 out of 37 OECD nations when it comes to the time it takes to build to get a building permit Um, so you want to build a, a warehouse in Toronto you have to wait 170 days longer than you would in average american metropolis um you know uh and so what does that mean well the money goes to the us or ireland or switzerland or singapore or any other place where things get done quickly and uh, that's one of the reasons why you know we do not have our mining sector is falling behind the rest of the world we should be leading the charge mining uh, polysilicon for solar panels and lithium for electric car batteries uh, and um you know, uh, getting our ethical and clean uh, energy to market, but we are falling behind because we are becoming increasingly known as a place where money goes to die, where things don't get done, where you sit in a queue, a bureaucratic queue. Uh, Now that really doesn't hurt multinational corporations. They just move their money elsewhere. Um, It hurts the worker because it means our workers don't get the jobs and wages. Some other country does. We just import the products We pay for it with debt. We borrow from the world to buy from China. They get the money. We get the debt. It's a lose-lose for us. What we have to do is unleash the free enterprise system to make this the fastest and easiest place on earth in which to do business. That's how we'll get cash pouring back into our economy. Make this a place where where you're rewarded rather than punished for growing. Mm.
0: what do you think has changed with younger generations when you know you've used the word wokeism a lot and we've seen the demonstrations on the streets why do you think generally young people at least in the media and what we see there there seems to be a change in attitude of of not really getting up and, and doing it yourself and sort of more of a reliance on the government to to take care of them any insights or opinions on this
1: well, I think that's somewhat true, but I do meet a tremendous number of entrepreneurial young people. I think that's a caricature that the woke left likes to play. But I think the average young person wants to get out and build things, make stuff, uh, launch a business, uh, take some risks and, and get ahead. And that's why I think conservatism will be much more appealing to youth than Uh, than the establishment might realize. I mean, look at the uh, explosive growth in online investing, in cryptocurrencies, uh, in um, the sharing economy, Uber, uh, Airbnb uh, uh, and uh, countless other um, innovative uh, sectors that uh, entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial sectors that are really in lift off right now. That says to me that youth around the world are interested in entrepreneurship Uh, We just need governments to get out of the way and allow the free enterprise system to open up those opportunities for them.
0: Fair enough. And and I guess as we begin to close down, what do you see as the motivation for Trudeau calling an election so early? Uh, Obviously, he expects to win it even if it's minority, but what do you think has forced this push at the moment?
1: Look, I think he uh, he thought, oh, he'll just grab a majority uh, because people are still afraid of COVID and he's he thinks that having given away uh, all kinds of money, that people are going to be wonderfully grateful. Thank you so much, Justin, for your benevolence. And uh, we're, we're just going to make you a majority prime minister. I think that's how he saw it. He also wanted to get it out of the way before the real economic consequences of his monstrous borrowing uh, manifest themselves, or before more scrutiny into how he spent the COVID money comes to light the auditor general in this country is looking deep into the COVID spending i suspect we'll find some very ugly revelations and i think trudeau wants the election over before any of that happens so all of those self-interested reasons motivated the early election call less than a half less than halfway into his mandate and i think uh, i think it's backfiring he's plummeted about 10 points in the poll since he called the election and now, in, according to some polls, is actually behind. Uh, so he could be in some real trouble.
0: Fair enough. And and finally, as we close down, you know, what does the road out of COVID, in your opinion, look like in in Canada?
1: Paychecks. You know, we need to unleash the productive forces of the free enterprise economy to generate paychecks, uh, growing paychecks with. Um, um, and uh, with a with a real dollar that is no longer in, uh, um devalued de- by inflation right now we have you know, central banks around the world in general but also in canada in particular printing cash like crazy uh, and that's eating up the, the value of the dollar we need to put an end to the money printing stop creating cash and start creating the stuff cash buys build more homes grow more food um get our energy to our consumers, that, that's how you actually increase the value of our paychecks uh, by creating the stuff that cash buys rather than just creating cash. Uh, so make more, cost less, paychecks, not debt.
0: Fair enough, uh, Pierre. Thanks very much for your time. My mother wanted to make sure that uh, I said hello on her behalf. She's a big fan, and uh, she was oh excellent, very pleased. She's still in Calgary, and, and very happy that I had the chance to do this over in Chestermere. So
1: oh, that's excellent. Chestermere, not too far from where I grew up. I was in Shaughnessy, way down in the south end there. So
0: anyway, to, please
1: give her a. Where you? What's that?
0: I went to Bishop Carroll, so I, I know those areas of the south. Oh, well you did. Also. Okay,
1: right. I went to uh, Scarlet and uh, and Henry Wisewood. Fair enough. uh, Yeah. So uh, great. Well, uh, listen, hopefully I'll see you in Calgary sometime when you're back visiting from Australia.
0: Absolutely. Thanks very much for your time.
1: Okay. Thanks very much, Jesse. Cheers.
0: Cheers. This episode is brought to you by Romulus IT, offering fast, affordable remote support for common computer problems, including troubleshooting, health checks, virus removal, and software support. Visit RomulusIT.com to get your computer back on track.